Mostly Rational, the podcast where we answer your questions and offer advice from varying perspectives. Ideally, mostly rational perspectives. I'm Asia Sanchez. And I am not Tawny. He is not. Who are you? I am Josiah. How did you get in here? Um, I saw the door open and free beer was written on the door, so I, I came in. That's how I get guests. Um, so we actually had a lot of potential guests for this episode, but uh, Josiah's schedule fit the best this time around. But don't worry, I'm not going to allow you to miss out on those other guests. Uh, it's actually pretty exciting that such cool people even wanted to be on this little show. So you know what's going to happen. Today we're going to be answering your questions and probably chatting a bit about MBTI and music and the relationship between the two. Josiah is a musician, and I'm hoping he may also grace us with a little song after a little bit while he's here. Yeah, it'll be part of my little illustration I want to bring out. Ooh, he came prepared. That's good. We also have a, a studio audience today because <laughs> <laughs> Josiah brought two of his friends. You guys want to introduce yourselves? It's uh, Gio. I'm Giovanni, so yeah, there you go. And King Jacobius. <laughs> King Jacobius. <laughs> so if, that's what we're referring you to now. As on, now on. I like that one, King Jacobius. So you may hear some background noise from them, but that's just them enjoying our podcast, and they also may participate a little bit. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right, so, Josiah, has anything crazy happened to you since I last saw you? Um, yes, I have recently been making an album. What? <laughs> yes, uh, just, it's lo-fi hip-hop, if you don't know what that is, look it up, and it's pretty popular on the internet. Rappers are starting to use that genre a lot, but essentially it's an old jazz track, or, uh, or a guitar track, or piano track, anything, it's a lot of sampling, and essentially, they'll just add, like, a little drum beat to it. Or if you're me, not on the high end of money, uh, <laughs> you use a cabinet, and then you distort it and make it sound like a drum. And it gives it a nice, authentic sound. Like that kid using the oven while his dad plays the saxophone? Pretty much, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Just a little editing after. <laughs> Very practical. Yes. Uh, that's cool. I didn't know about that, so I'll have to... Is there... Where can we go to listen to that? <laughs> uh, my iPhone. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, let me think. I do have one posted on Instagram. I made an edit. Follow mm -hmm. me, Guitar Skater. It's with an eight at Skate. Um, and my video on... Can decipher that. Yes. And it's essentially the one that's black and white, and the dude is pointing at the black glob, which ends up being hair, as you'll see. But yes, it is the third video in my post. By then, it'll probably be the fourth or sixth. If you were me, it would by then be like the 20th. I post too much, which will ah. come up later in this podcast. <laughs> nice. All right. So astoundingly, we didn't have any corrections from last time, so we can get right into the questions. Cool. Our first question came from Aston, of course, and he asks, what are bonkers? Did you ever see that cartoon, Bonkers? When you um, I don't think so. I can't think of it right now. So when I was a kid, I loved this cartoon, Bonkers. I tried to watch it recently, and it is incredibly annoying. It's really so cringy. It's awful. But as a kid, I thought it was hilarious about this little orange bobcat who's a cop, and he's always causing trouble for his human cop, and he's a cartoon. It's kind of like who... 
who framed Roger Rabbit, only okay. the whole thing's a cartoon, but ah. in the cartoon, he's a cartoon. Hmm. It's weird. But um, I remember when I first learned that bonkers means crazy, because somebody said, that's bonkers, and I immediately thought of the cartoon, and I was like, what are you, that's what? And then I thought, oh, that's why they named him bonkers, because he's crazy, and my five-year-old mind was blown. Wow. But I actually did look this up, and apparently nobody knows where Bonkers came from. Interesting. Uh, it says it kind of got started in 1940s. Nobody really knows why. <laughs> but there's a couple of theories. Yeah. <laughs> the first music festival. There's a couple of theories. Um, some people think it's from getting a blow or a punch on the bonce or head. I'm not sure who calls bonce head of bonce. A bonce. But that's probably where the word bonk comes from. Yeah. And so it's like that. Or it could be onomatopoeia. Like a bong is the sound of a bell and it might be just kind of a variant of bong Mm -hmm. coming from a bell. You probably, Aston, didn't expect me to do actual research on this question, but here we are. Oh, man. Do you want to ask the next question? Sure. (laughs) What are your thoughts on marshmallows? They're sent from heaven. That's that's what they are. So, sent from heaven, we have one. Any other votes? (laughs) Oh, I get two. Okay, two votes for they're from heaven. Very interesting. I don't Um, like them. All right. (laughs) And I I can't eat them because I'm vegan. So, yes, they have gelatin, which is uh, in the hooves of, or they're part of the hooves of the antelope or cows or any hooves, really. They come there and then they put them into the marshmallows, so. I didn't know you were vegan. Yes, I am. (laughs) Surprise. You you could probably have real marshmallows, though, right? Real marshmallows? Mm -hmm. What are those? The ones that grow. The, the, The mushrooms. No. There's marshmallows that There's grow. a marshmallow plant. There's a marshmallow plant. Well, it's, plant. it's a mallow plant, and mallow. I think that's what they used to make the original kind of marshmallows, oh. but then they changed it. Well, I need to look that up. Yeah. Find out more about that marshmallow plant. There's your vegan marshmallows. because yeah, I could buy vegan marshmallows at Trader Joe's, but they're nothing like the other ones. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I loved marshmallows because I would do anything for sugar because I was a kid. So mm. it didn't matter what form it came in. But I just, I don't really like the texture. So spongy. I do like when they're very burnt and on fire and full of carcinogens. That's mm-hmm. all right. I'll, I like the outer part. <laughs> you call it carcinogen? Is that uh, what it's called? Well, it it turns into <laughs> carbon, which is a carcinogen. Okay, yes, yes. So it's really bad for you to eat because it nice. can cause cancer. Okay. I like mine with this dabble of cancer myself. Just a dabble of cancer. <laughs> um, Follow-up question, how do you feel about s'mores? S'mores, um, I love them when they're they're made my way. Pretty much, I love any food. <laughs> That I can eat, essentially, because you start to miss everything when you're vegan, but then you find good replacements, and then you really start to enjoy the taste of pretty much anything. Um, so I'm guessing graham crackers are not vegan, and the chocolate The honey is ones are technically not vegan, although it's just because they have honey, um, but I'm not really too worried about insects myself. <laughs> so maybe I'm not vegan. I'm plant-based, I guess, with the devil of honey every now and then, but I don't eat them all the time. The bees make too much honey anyway. It's fine. Well, they're they're <laughs> they're farmed for it at least. 
Yeah, but they instinctively take make too much anyway because they know someone's going to steal it. Yeah, it's ba- it's bee puke, essentially, so it's just their vomit. Yeah, it's oh. fine. <laughs> Should we like honey still? <laughs> I personally feel like s'mores are too sweet because marshmallows are already sweet, and then you've got chocolate on there, and then a graham cracker. It's like a burst of sweetness. I like one bite. Done, done. And then that's it? All right. How, how about you guys back there? Um, yeah, I can have as many s'mores... I can have one. I like all the grains separately. All together it might be a bit much. <laughs> all of them separated. So yeah. you're not going to blend it up into a smoothie. No. That's what I'm hearing. Just see you on the operator's table dissecting the s'more. <laughs> one by one. Cool. The Halo Top ice cream Ooh. with the s'mores in it is really good. That sounds good. It has sprinkles of them though, right? Yeah. Okay. Like little chunks. Mm-hmm. And um, Halo Top is unfortunately not a sponsor of the podcast, but um, they are my number one brand that I wish would be a sponsor <laughs> of this podcast so they could send me some free Halo Top because that stuff is the best. Yes. If anybody knows anyone who works there, uh, maybe send them a link. No, I just eat their vegan ice cream. Do they make vegan yes, ice cream? Yes, they do. What? That's Safeway. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. That would be even better because I'm a little lactose intolerant. <laughs> yes, they're really delicious. I had a snickerdoodle one. That was so good. And so low calorie. <sighs> well, I ate the whole thing, so I don't know if it was really low calorie, but it was <laughs> it delicious. Because you can eat the whole thing, and it's like having one serving of normal ice cream. Holy oh, wow. smokes. Yeah. That was delicious. And I felt filled after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we got a little bit off topic, but uh, <laughs> Halo Top, if you're out there, sponsorship. Just saying. All right, our next question comes from user someone else, which I highly suspect to be Aston also mm-hmm. responding to my request for somebody else other than Aston to send in questions. Ah. Um, and he asks, what podcast do the Sanchez sisters listen to and why? And then he put a potato emoji. Who knows why? Uh, we can't answer for Tawny, probably. I could answer for myself. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, I guess I'm going first. (laughs) As a Sanchez sister, um, I do enjoy one. They go all into MBTI. My friend who is an INTP, he said they sounded like they were just babbling and he couldn't hear a second more of it. Um, So I might not like it then. Possibly. I just had a little panic attack. I didn't remember if I hit record. Oh my goodness. But I did. That would be hilarious. No, that would be so sad. What is your type again? ESFP, the entertainer. Oh, the partier. Yeah, that's what a lot of them get. And that's true. (laughs) Very true. Uh, Yeah, one of my best friends is an ESFP, uh, which is... I've actually read online that there is an interesting relationship between ESFPs and INTPs Mm because they're basically opposites. They're so opposite, they work. Yeah, I I mean... It's really whack. When she and I first started hanging out, it was weird because... I was like, I can't imagine a person who's more different from me, but we were practically telepathic when we were with each other. We would just oh, like yes. make little facial expressions and we knew exactly what the other person was thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, huh, like that weird intersection where we did have things in common was super strong. Oh, yes. That we tolerated the rest of the stuff like outside the Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's cool with INTPs. Um, I love I love hearing INTPs talk about MBTI because they have one. One of my friends very much is theoretical on how relationships work with each other. And the, he was working on a few of uh, like what keeps the ESFP and INTJ in check or INTP and ESFP in check. And with uh, with the ESFP and INTP, he said it was 
was either flexible. No, it was understanding. That was the main like key word with the relationship. Understanding, because obviously the ESFP is so different than the INTP. <laughs> if they don't really take it into consideration, how they're like, why they're acting like that way, they're not gonna like them. Obviously. Same vice versa, ESFP with INTP. If they don't get why they're so quiet all the time or why they need their space, they might start to feel negatively for no reason, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I tend to get along with ESFPs. The only issue that's come up repeatedly is that sometimes, as an INTP, I can be very annoying and do things that other people find annoying that I don't even give a second thought to, like leaving a sock on the refrigerator or something mm. ridiculous. Yes. But I won't know if I'm annoying you unless you tell me, and I'm fine if you tell me, but what would happen with ESFP sometimes is they wouldn't tell me, yep. and then one day <laughs> they right. explode. Yep. And then I'm like, and then I get mad because I'm like, you have no right to be mad at me because I could have fixed this problem two weeks ago when it became a problem. It was you not brought to my again. attention. How was I supposed to know off your secret little thoughts? I don't do passive aggression. <laughs> That's the main difference this here. Is good. That's good. <laughs> I need direct <laughs> commentary. This is good, yes. And sometimes I do detect when someone's being passive aggressive but i will ignore it because yep. i'm not rewarding that behavior mm -hmm. i'm just gonna be more annoying until they say very, it. very <laughs> very much an ITP behavior yeah. it's great i just yeah all right as long as we understand each other oh yes uh, our audience we've got an enfp back here and, and a, a mystery a mystery type <laughs> he is a giovanni type yes one of a kind one of a kind as we all are honestly no we're just all in for <laughs> hey hey <laughs> uh to finish answering the question i guess i listen to dear hank and john a lot i listen to 99 percent invisible those are bas basically my two go-to podcasts for when i'm cleaning my room because if I don't have a podcast playing, I will not clean my room. Hmm. I need something to need distract me. need a stream of, of knowledge going on. I yeah, see. otherwise yeah. I get so... I become too conscious of what I'm doing, and then I'm like, oh yeah, this is boring. Yeah, <laughs> it's like me. If I don't have any other sensations going on, I'm not going to focus that well. Mm -hmm. Unless it's completely enveloping my sensations like music i can totally focus on music and that's it i i like music and i had this discussion with tawny i really enjoy music mm -hmm. but i enjoy stories more i like words yeah. more so if i'm going to listen to music while i clean it's usually broadway musicals oh, okay <laughs> things i can sing along to because i know the words to most of them and it reminds me of the story so it's very distracting more mm. than like just background music, which is more what I'll listen to when I'm drawing or or taking a shower or mm. something. I really do need background noise no matter what I'm doing. Yes, yes. Dishes especially. Ugh, I hate doing dishes. <laughs> um, so those two are my go-tos, but I also like Radiolab and um, This American Life. Okay. We kind of went right into the next segment, <laughs> yeah. discussing MBTI. I like I, when I whenever I'm doing something, I usually just kind of take care of the subject and move on. I I'm very much working on, or I'm not working on. I just noticed my extroverted thinking really kicking in. Just get the results. Just go, go get it. That's good. <laughs> See, I uh, as an INTP. <laughs> yes, opposites. I like when results happen. But I need someone around me to make sure that happens because mm -hmm. I will just, I will just think it into the ground. I will mm -hmm. think it until 
the day I die before I decide the best approach. And then once I've figured it out, that part's done and I no longer have any motivation to actually do the thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's mainly because with introverted thinking, it's all about the process. It's all about getting it accurate as possible to bring the best results. But then you need that energy to finish for the final result, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's why I, I thought Tawny should be the one to do this podcast with me in the first place was because mm. she's a lot like me, but she's a J. Yes. So she's got a bit more follow through than mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Though, to be fair, I'm really the one who's been doing all the work on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're the one taking care of it. Yeah. But um, what's been helpful with having Tawny is that if I say, let's do it that day, she's going to hold me to it. So that makes me have some pressure to get this stuff ready. Yes, <laughs> to do yeah. it. And then if I tell people online, oh, it will go up tomorrow, then I have a lot of pressure to edit. I just need pressure. Yeah. I was homeschooled in seventh grade. And by the end of seventh grade, I was like, mom, I have to go back to public school. This isn't working. Yeah. I, uh, I need somebody to tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm not yeah. learning. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was going to say, well, we already talked about MBTI, so let's talk about music and MBTI, but I guess we kind of just did that also, but slightly, we could also reach to the audience. How about you, ENFP? How do you feel about music? King Jacoby. (laughs) I love music. I probably spend a good chunk of the day just thinking of lyrics from songs and history and then sometimes creating new music in my mind, so to me, music's... Uh, what's the word? Key, I guess. Key. Key. Nice pun. Key component. More important, than, more important than entertainment to me. Like um, wow. movies and and uh, film. I like music more. Wow. More free spirited. I feel like that's the right word. Wow, that was inspiring. Dude, I've never heard this part of Jacob. People <laughs> like this is a first. Holy smokes! Dang, dude. No, it makes it. so much sense right now. That's why I go to all those concerts and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what concerts do you go to? A lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> we went to Outside Lands last year. Aww. Yes. Josiah. Got my free, free ticket. Uh, <laughs> see, that's like, the only right. way I would go is if I had it. <laughs> <laughs> Who were some of the bands we saw? We saw Cage the Elephant. That was pretty cool. Cage the Elephant was there. There's also, uh, what's their name? Royal uh, Blood was there. Royal Blood was awesome. Ooh. I crowd surfed amazingly and got on the screen there. That was awesome. Taking from his thunder, I'll stop that. Um, <laughs> then we went to see Empire of the Sun, the Sun, which we were all the way in the... We were pretty much in the front most of the times, except Empire of the Sun. And I had this bright idea to crowd surf to the front, but they dropped me within 10 seconds. <laughs> so, yes, you, he, Jacob really tried to get me there. I was being selfish. That's why I was dropped. One of my favorite memories and probably one of Tawny's least favorite memories is when I was at a concert with her and a few other people and my friend and I just kind of looked, he was an ENTP, Mm -hmm. we kind of looked at each other, made eye contact, we knew exactly what the other person was thinking. At the same time, we reached down, grabbed Tawny and pushed her up on top (laughs) of the crowd and sent her (laughs) and she made it all the way to the front. Oh, that's amazing. I don't think she was very happy. (laughs) Well, was she happy when she got there? Hmm? Was she happy when she got to the front? Um, I don't know, because when you get to the front, then the security guard has to escort you back oh, around. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I already know that. It was so, probably some unwelcome <laughs> social interaction with a security guard that we forced upon her. Yeah, yeah, that would do it. But to be fair, this was years ago. Oh, okay. So, yeah. our follies of youth. 
You, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I felt like I won that one. <laughs> yeah, she didn't. <laughs> um, how about you, Mystery MBTI guy? Uh, music? I listen to music probably most of my day, so much that I get ear infections. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't get them, and I hear it all the time. No, I got headphones. Oh, yes, yes, that'll do it. You may need to clean your headphones. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I got the bigger ones. Or lost oh, yes, hearing, yes, so. yes. Yeah. I listen to music all day and all night if I could. Well, Definitely. you better take care of that or you're not going to be able to listen to music anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I remember all those studies coming out when I was still a kid. Like, everyone in this generation is going to be deaf before they turn 40 because of headphones. Most likely. <laughs> I mean, we're not there yet, so what? maybe. <laughs> I honestly, what I was... <laughs> 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 say, say it again. <laughs> When I was in high school, my friends told me I needed to get a hearing aid because we'd be walking side by side and they'd be like talking and I would just be over there like, what? Mm-hmm. What? Say that again, Sonny. And they would get so annoyed and they just stopped repeating themselves. But I found out recently that I am just really, really, really bad at listening. Mm-hmm. Have you ever used that Elevate app? It's basically, it's kind of like luminosity. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of, oh, yes. it ranks you in all those different categories. Yeah. Reading, I'm good. Writing, I'm good. Blah, blah, blah. Everything was pretty good. Reflected my grades in school, really. Except listening, I had like a C. Like the lowest. Huh. And so it's gone up. I'm getting better. But now I realize that I'm, that I don't think I'm deaf. I think I'm just really bad at remembering to focus on an entire sentence. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love these questions that are just up here. <laughs> I'm laughing right now. <laughs> You're reading ahead. Don't read ahead. I can't help it. <laughs> um, next on the roster, though, I wrote song question mark question mark. Did is that a hint? That for is me a to sing. That is a hint. Oh no! What are we, what are we gonna do with an entertainer who <laughs> has to sing? I don't know. Oh wow! Somebody what is he this has a guitar in his hand. <laughs> I didn't plan to get. Thanks, Tani. Um, uh, I thought this would go okay. I really didn't discuss too much about the music in MBTI, but uh, essentially, I mean, if you don't know too much about MBTI, it's essentially well, you're hearing this podcast, so you probably know a little bit. <laughs> But essentially, with each type, you have functions, and usually music invokes something about those functions with uh, extroverted sensing and introverted feeling, which are my first two, um, in that order. Uh, it, it goes more towards that, my, my, the, like the very front of the music, but I noticed the lyrics kind of come from my last two, my shadow functions, and this is just in my own experience, I don't know how it goes for everybody else. Uh, but essentially, with introverted intuition, I'm kind of thinking of, like, uh, futuristically, like, I mean, I would love it to get... Uh, well, that's more of an extroverted thinking. Okay, so extroverted thinking more, <laughs> like, wants it to get famous and make money, uh, which obviously I know is not going to happen. That's colliding with my introverted feeling. But then on top of that, with introverted intuition... It's kind of speaking through my own perspective of things, my own thoughts, looking at my own mind, how it's working, examining how things are going on in my brain, why they do that, and why someone else might want to do something. So my lyrics kind of invoke that type of feel sometimes. Uh, Other times, like my best song I've ever written was about uh, a sunset, and it was just very much sensation. But then I looked more into it. It had to do with a lot of those 
various uh, functions as well. So uh, maybe you could ask them, you know, if you like love certain songs or something like that. Why do you write music, or uh, why do you like a certain type of music? You know, and obviously you are all too free to tell why you like music, and maybe I could transcribe it with your functions. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was uh, something I do. But uh, for me, I've played, I've disciplined myself long enough to just kind of write stuff off the bat. So I'll see how I can do just spare the moment lyrics or. Oh, good. Yeah. This is perfect. <laughs> but the chords, too, like, um, with me, when you get enough discipline, I've been playing for about 12 years now, but when you discipline yourself enough and you let yourself kind of become raw enough, you can sort of get like this. You can almost, like, fill your way out, which is how I like to do things. Everything I record is literally that moment, and that's it. And there's something about it that just kind of gives it a raw sound. Anyways, I'm talking too much. Let me, let me see what I can make at the moment. Okay, I'm hitting this chord a lot. Maybe I can even discuss what goes on in my mind. And essentially, I look for a sensation. So if the sound is really invoking, like, emotional sensation, that is key. That is what I love. I love melody. I love Led Zeppelin for that reason. And uh, we'll see what I can come up with this chord. And I look for progressions too, so I just kind of stack them in order. No, that's not right. No. chord structure I'm going to play there, so... Alright, so there it's giving it a very sort of melancholy sound, down-tempo, very slow. So now my lyrics are going to kind of come up with a uh, kind of that vibe. Um, I'm probably singing about a person or a time in my life or something like that. I'm thinking of all those things at the moment, and I'm doing it. Now it feels like an instructional video. <laughs> I'm going to try to build a bridge and chorus. Sometimes I'll do it as I'm singing the lyrics off the bat of my head, but I'll see what I can do. Sometimes I feel like I don't know myself Each day I'll write, I seem to come closer to you. I don't know much of what I've been trying to do, but you stand waiting and sighing to yourself. Thank you. 
Expectations <laughs> that came past my expectations, too. <laughs> well, that's good. So, that should have banged the guitar and broke, broke no, that would ruin the feeling, <laughs> <laughs> ruin the whole song. Also, his life because Tawny would literally, God, Tawny, him. I'm sorry that he said that. <laughs> um, well, that was really interesting because the whole time you were talking before you started, I was thinking, wow, this is just the opposite of my whole approach to music (laughs) but but not willingly i have always wanted to be good at writing songs and music but i just have a lot of difficulty being creative with it it's Mm. like um it's kind of like when you only know certain vocabulary in a different language it's hard to come up with sentences on your own even Mm -hmm. if you can read it a little bit so i can read music i can play my flute if I have notes in front of me, mm-hmm. but if you ask me to improvise on my flute, um, not so good at that, because I don't know, slightly tone deaf and also <laughs> there's just something in my brain that doesn't work quite that way mm-hmm. um, once in a blue moon, a tune will actually, like an original tune will pop in my head and then I have to rem- try and remember to record it on my wow. phone right away, otherwise I will forget it mm-hmm. so that's just, um, it's like a superpower to me when somebody can just kind of come up with something <laughs> right away. Uh, <laughs> For me, I think the only thing I could compare with my abilities is when I start drawing, I don't know what I'm going to draw ahead of time. I just start drawing. That's that's exactly what it is, because I can't draw for the life of me myself. <laughs> um, it's, it's just one of those things that for me, I just... It just has to come out in some way. I would face a lot of different energies for myself. Negative, positive. I'd just be overwhelmed with it. And so, for me, music was the, the easiest thing to come to. Mm. That That's what it was, you know. Not so much that it was the one I wanted definitely to be the case. Which ended up being the case, of course. <laughs> um, but it was just... It happened to be the way that was easiest for me to connect within myself, essentially. I thought it was interesting you said that the best song you ever wrote probably was about a sunset, Mm -hmm. because I remember the first song I ever tried to write was about a sunrise. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, this was when I was 12 or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, like, I didn't have music. It basically was just a poem, and I called it a song. But I wrote a lot of poetry as a kid. I just didn't really know how to set it to music and I know a lot of musicians like you just did you come up with the music first and then the words that's never gonna work for me I always <laughs> come up with words first and then I'm like I need to pay somebody to put yeah. it to music because it's yeah it it's it just comes out differently for everybody when I first started writing that's how it was I, I would write the music then I'd come up with the, the song and it wasn't working for me that's what I found and so I one day I was in such an a I learned how to hone this skill, but I was in such a overwhelmed state 
that uh, I I just started singing in. I, <laughs> all right, let me try more. Then I just kept doing it after that. But I think once you kind of learn it, you just kind of keep doing it. Essentially. Oops, sorry. No, it's all good. <laughs> um, I think I went through a long delusional period where I thought I was good at singing, until <laughs> until I started recording it and listening back, and I was like, oh, oh no, oh dear, I'm not. Which is very sad mm. because, like I said. I really love singing along to Broadway musicals and stuff, and mm-hmm. I did a lot of theater in school. I my my dream was like Broadway, and then I was like, oh, I'm clumsy and I can't dance and I also can't sing very well. I don't know how they dance and sing at the same time. So practice, it's lots of tears. Broadway dancers slash singers are some of the most athletic people. No, yeah, <laughs> I can't even. I watched the. I watched Newsies on Netflix recently, and they were, like, spinning around on mm-hmm. newspapers. Oh, yeah. And I was like, how is what? nobody falling <laughs> <No>. down? <laughs> yep. Yep. It was insane. So, um, yeah, every time I start to think, oh, I'm pretty good at something, I then see something like that, and I'm like, well, I might as well be a caveman. <laughs> I mean, the, the cool thing is, though, if you think about it, is, you know, even though I might have a this skill i'm not the best at it i'm definitely not the best at it Mm -hmm. there's guys way better than me and i mean i could get downhearted about it but you know you just don't learn to compare with it try to like work with it work with yourself and that that's how you do it you know because i mean if i look back and i saw some of these guitarists that i knew you know like back then for me now it's like oh their stuff's easy but now like i look back and i was like that was so impossible john mayer (laughs) okay by the way john mayer is still one of like the most craziest guitarists out i mean he's not like ingwie malmsteen or steve vai if you guys know who those are i'm not very discerning about very much (laughs) like very fast guitar playing but it wasn't very creative or poetic john mayer found a way to make it very very quick and he does more of like a jazz style but he's able to sing and do some like bass slap picking slash on his guitar on a drop c on an acoustic guitar it's pretty he does some pretty insane stuff but i could keep up with it kind of nowadays (laughs) but that's after 12 13 years of straight practicing you know (laughs) i think there's um i saw somebody posted a graph online a long time ago about like the levels you go through as you acquire a skill and hone it Mm -hmm. where when you're not so good at it but you've gained some skill, you start to think you're really good at it. But then as you improve in your skill (laughs) and you realize how far you have to go, your confidence drops. But then you you do the same thing. You're like, oh, no, now I'm pretty good. And then you realize, no, I still have so much more to learn. And your confidence drops and goes up and down, up and down. And, I mean, I know when I was literally, like, 11 years old, I thought... There's no way I'll ever be better at drawing than I am right now. Like, mm-hmm. this is as good as it gets. I couldn't imagine doing anything more complex than I was doing, and I thought I was pretty good. And now I look <laughs> back and laugh at those drawings, mm-hmm. and I know, or at least I hope, I honestly hope in the future I'll look back at my drawings now and laugh too, because I want to keep getting better and better. Yeah, that's good to have that motivator, because that motivator is going to keep you on the journey, because the journey is where you're at. It doesn't matter (laughs) how much more you can go or how bad you can get. Mm -hmm. At that moment, that journey, that pinpoint right there is where you want to realize is all that matters right now, the present. Yeah. For me, I have a big issue with thinking about the past and the future. 
um, in a very immature way. And it doesn't mean like I'm like an immature person, but it just means like my, my concept of it isn't very much like the best at it. So I'm able to like, I, I'll predict things very much and not clearly where someone can very much predict things very better. Or like they'll think of something that happened, but I'll be very much more emotionally attached to what happened. So I want to have the clear perspective on it. Um, so like with, with that, like when I learned to like, okay, about the here and now, what am I doing right now? <laughs> writing a schedule, you know, writing it's there, but am I going to do it? The point is where you're at at that point. So. Yeah, I think we get caught up too much in the dichotomy of, like, good and bad. And I think that's partially just how we're raised. Like, my whole life, I would hear I was good at writing and good at art. Uh, and I considered myself bad at math and bad at music. The thing is, I know there are people who are worse at math and music than I am. I can play I can play that flute, just not that great, but I can mm. play it. Um, so that's a skill... It's just not, I know there are like about 10 billion better flute players out there, but, um, it can actually be handicapping when you think, oh yeah, I'm good at art. Sure. But you can probably be better. And there are a lot of people out there who are way more skilled than you. So you can't get caught up in like good and bad because Mm -hmm. there's only what you practice the most and what's good for you. Yeah. Um, Because sometimes I'll get, you know, I'll start feeling down about stuff I make. And then there are people out there like, how do you do that? I can't do that. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, right. That's right. Some people can't do what I do. I can't do what some people can do. And there's some people who can't do what I do. And you just kind of have to have that attitude all the time. But it's, you know, it's hard to hold on to that attitude all the time. I think we all go through bursts of confidence and low confidence absolutely (laughs) yes yeah i don't know how much it has to do with types the different skills you develop but Mm -hmm. um well it it it, there there a skill is usually um it's an offshoot of it but it doesn't mean that they're better or worse it's just Mm -hmm. their version of it essentially um i know with intjs they work really like very very meticulously on the scales on as Mm -hmm. much as they can take in about something and then getting it out just boom you know um i got very angry so (laughs) the guitar that tawny learned how to play guitar on was my guitar (laughs) uh that i asked for for my graduation present and i did i mean i very quickly went through the first couple practice books because mm-hmm. I could read notes already, so it was yeah. kind of... I had a head start. But then I would just, you know, I'd probably <laughs> practice once or twice a year. Yep. <laughs> and then Tawny, she picked it up at 15 and a half, and she starts learning tabs, and she learned so fast. And she couldn't mm-hmm. even sing before, and but because she was practicing on the guitar and everything, she developed her voice, too. Yep. And mm-hmm. so I <laughs> I got a little jealous, but at the same time, I really had no one to blame but myself because it was yeah. my guitar. I could have done it at any mm-hmm. time. In fact, with the flute, zero natural talent when it came to that either. But my motivation that kept me going on that was my teacher held me after class one day and she said, I think maybe the flute is too hard for you. Do you want to switch to the clarinet maybe? And literally nobody in my whole life had ever told me that something would be too hard for me. And I was outraged. And so I practiced really hard until I was in the advanced band. But um, 
That's also why I learned calculus. Like, so spite is a good motivator for me. But I'm not good at calculus, and I'm not good at the flute. Oh, I just said good, but, you know, yeah. relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe we can... Oh, before we move on, I did want to ask if you had to choose a favorite band or song. I'll leave it that up to you. Um, for me, it's just I love different things for different reasons. There's mm-hmm. for me, it's uh, if if they're giving me the the sensations and emotional feelings that I want at that moment, I'm gonna love it. Period. You know, it, it could be anything. Um, so I'll, I'll just shoot out a few names and why I like them. Mm-hmm. James Blake, he... Very much of where I'm trying to go right now with my music. Pop, like, it's not even electro-pop. I don't even know what to call it. It's very much like a down-tempo electro-pop. And he's just... A lot of vocalizations, a lot of harmonies, a lot of different things. I absolutely love it for just, like, thinking back, you know, and, and circumstances of my life that maybe weren't, like, the most happiest of times, but almost like a, a, a an enjoyment for sadness. I, I just love that, what he's able to invoke with his music there. Um, same thing, Radiohead, it's very much more of a... I guess intellectual thoughts that are going in my head when I'm hearing Radiohead. There's so much going on, but so meticulously. Mm-hmm. Radiohead and Rush are like kind of on the same wavelengths. I know they're different musics, but very, very similar kind of message being portrayed. Rush is more of on the positive side of it. Radiohead's more on like the negative, very abstract ideas of it. Just to be clear, you're not talking about big time Rush. No, I'm God, no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Heck no. Rush as in YYZ or 2112 or or, or Alex Life's Sin, Neil Peart or, uh, uh, oh my God, Getty Lee. I almost forgot his name. How could I forget his? I have had the same favorite band since I was 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. The way I discovered this band was I was at a bookstore and I got bored which is weird because I loved reading. Uh, And so I walked into the music section, which was rare, and (laughs) I was like, hmm, I want to listen to something different. I don't know what. And I saw the word indie, and I thought it meant Indian music. I had no idea. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to some Indian music. And (laughs) I chose a band because its name sounded cool, and then I chose a song because the name sounded cool. And what I ended up listening to was the Mariner's Revenge song by the Decemberists. Okay. And that is a long song. It's like nine minutes long. Oh, yes. And I just stood there... Still, my eyes got wider and wider, and my smile got wider and wider. <laughs> and I started, I knew uh, people were giving me looks. Like, I looked that is insane. so amazing. But I had never heard anything like it before. Oh, that's awesome. And every time in high school someone would ask who my favorite band was, I'd be like, <sighs> I literally would have to say that cliche thing, you've probably never heard of them. Yes. I wasn't doing it to be cool. It's just that every time I told someone my favorite band, they were like... Who? (laughs) And so I would really connect with anybody who knew who I was talking about. But I still love them. They've really informed a lot of my musical tastes. Okay. But the thing about the Mariner's Revenge song, it tells a story. Yep. And a lot of their songs tell a story. Have you ever heard of Rush? I have heard of them. I'm not very good at connecting bands with their songs, which is another reason I've had only one favorite band because... Yes. He's so recognizable. I always recognize his voice. Usually people will say, "Uh, have you heard the song? I'll say no. They start playing the song. I'm like, yes, I have heard it (laughs) many times. It's on my playlist. I just don't know who sings it. 
because uh, their stuff is very much story influenced. Neil Peart, the drummer, writes the lyrics for the bassist to sing. Mm-hmm. That's a weird transcription. Um, but it's it's very much stories about. Uh, well, he has one album where music doesn't exist, and uh, there, there's this police that um, essentially like hunt down anyone playing music, and so it's basically eliminated. But this one random dude finds a. Uh, guitar in the cave and they even have it like he's tuning the guitar and like and it's and he starts playing a song and then it's the story just starts off from there but it just a lot of stories in there every album is a story essentially so that's something i would check out if you like story slash songs you know now that i think about it i think rush is on some of my spotify playlists well cool awesome but i just (laughs) You know, I just play it, and I don't really look and pay attention to who's singing. Yeah, no, of course. But, yeah, I'll, I will definitely check it out more thoroughly. How about you yes. guys? Favorite bands? Or songs? My mood varies a lot, but, like, as a late, I've been very psychedelic. So, like, a lot of Pink Floyd, um, a little bit of Led Zeppelin, and then uh, I like Elvis a lot. A little bit of Frank Sinatra. Modern Day... They're kind of from the 90s, but Smashing Pumpkins was a huge influence on me. Um, Just classics, classics, classics. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> you didn't say Tim and Paula. I was getting there. Was oh, like, great. Those are my main, though, yeah. Son Holo, BW. Yeah, I've never heard of them. EDM. <laughs> it's EDM. Oh. I love EDM too. <laughs> Different moods. <laughs> Robinson. Four Raya. He's pretty cool too. Yes. All of them. Troy Boy. Dylan oh gosh, Troy Boy. <laughs> I do go through electro pop moods. Yes. To be fair. Some bag readers. Just bag normally readers. when I'm trying to uh, work on writing or something, right, it helps to know. have electro pop more than like it classical. Keeps, or it's like a tempo; it just keeps it going. You yeah. know, it keeps you. Oh, I depended on it when I was working as a proofreader because that job was so tedious. <laughs> oh gosh! I just yeah. completely <laughs> focused on the music. <laughs> um, all right, so cool, good talk. I, <laughs> I, I do have one song that always like punches me in the chest every time I hear it, just because of what it reminds me of and mm-hmm. that is uh going home by radical face oh yeah yeah that song just it was playing at the end of a trip uh, as we were driving home mm-hmm. from from a decemberist concert actually <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like every time it takes me right back to where i was which mixed feelings about it but that's another reason why it, it punches me yeah, it's it's a really amazing song because it has all this stuff going on. There's all these harmonies going on. There's it's all like folk music too. It's really cool. I love I love that song. I hate when people ask me what my favorite genre of music is, and I have to say like, indie folk rock. <laughs> Why? Because because as soon as I graduated from high school in like 2007 uh-huh. people started calling me a hipster and I said what's a hipster I had no idea what they were talking Which about Which means you're a hipster essentially I genuinely had no <laughs> idea what they were talking about but then like if you analyzed it I was the only kid at my school wearing blazers and loafers <laughs> and and my favorite band was the December <laughs> folk. and I'm like okay well it's not my fault that there's some 
um, subculture out there that's stealing my style, but this yeah, is what, exactly. Which just makes it sound worse because you're like, well, I did it before it was cool, and yep. you're like, they're like, yeah, hipster. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> so um, it's a touchy subject. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to questions. Enough about us. <laughs> this question, um, I know, is from Aston because I feel like I feel like he is definitely talking about me. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, he asks. Wait, can I see how Aston looks? Like, I just want to. Maybe I know him. If you know me, Aston, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I'm just... I just assumed you knew him maybe. this whole time. I know he's going to be a guest on the podcast Aston. eventually. He Wait, sends I want to us... be with him. Sharon... <laughs> you hear that, Aston? I'm coming for you. <laughs> Sharon was the first person to send us a ton of questions, but Aston has definitely been the second most prolific question asker. That's the wrong account. Well, hey, thank you, Aston, for giving us giving them content to think about. I'm already taking Tani's place. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah, he's definitely got most of the questions I wrote nice. down. Um, my internet's not working very good. I'll show you a picture when it comes up. Gotcha. All right. So he asks, how do I deal with my friend who overshares their feelings online? (laughs) (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) My natural response would be to tell them no one cares, but I don't think that would fix the problem. Do they actually need someone to talk to? What are they really looking for? And this is why I really think he's talking to me, he forgot to say they, he said, do you need a hug? (laughs) Oh, gotcha. He forgot to... That's so funny. He said you, Aston, I think... I didn't even catch that, I just assumed it as being they. I also know he has another friend he might be talking about, though. Gotcha. He actually introduced us because we were both overshares. Gotcha, okay, very cool. Um, The answer, I think, is you don't deal with them. Let them have fun. I mean, you might have a different. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I people. I don't know, maybe how obvious it is, but I do for myself. um, I think it's important to share like where I'm at in life, and sometimes it's in a very immature way, but I make it very much invisible. So it's kind of like I turn it into creativity, Mm. and so because people don't really have an outlet for creativity because they haven't disciplined themselves to learn guitar, to play piano, to write lyrics, to write poetry. Um, I think that social media becomes the easiest way for them to express themselves. Um, So as what I would do if... uh, Well, if I'm in a state where I'm oversharing my feelings, I'm usually... I have a lot of energy that's pent up and I need to let it out in some way. Um, and so it's like a kid throwing a tantrum. If you tell them to be quiet, you know, they're not going to be quiet. They're just going to keep screaming and yelling and whatever. Um, so when you actually just kind of sit with them and I would say, yeah, like you said, you know, like kind of talk to them, see how they're doing. Um, that's the best way to take about it. Um, however, you know, it depends on their maturity as well. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, it could have repercussions. (laughs) Very well put. Um, 
But yeah, so they, they may essentially, you can choose to ignore it and not take that place, or you can decide to, you know, ask them how they're doing. It, it doesn't matter. If it's over some silly matters, it might be silly to you, but maybe it's very important to them because they're obviously sharing that. But if it does get to an annoying point, which I have done before uh, with other people, I've gotten really annoyed. I start to copy their posts and make it look really <laughs> ridiculous to how they're really looking. Oh, no. <laughs> I've done that Stinkin three times. Stinking passive-aggressive ESFP only, over here. <laughs> only with really, really annoying individuals. <laughs> I would it. seriously block you if you did that to Yes, me. yes. Um, usually it's secret, but... I did one time just post it public to everybody. <laughs> but it was so subtle, no one noticed it. I was like, yes. That's good. Very passive-aggressive. Very. I am sure there would be some people who would take umbrage initially with the idea that they only post on social media a lot because they don't have, they're not good enough at any other creative outlet. But, to be fair, I have noticed that ever since social media has come to the fore, it takes a lot more for me to actually sit down and draw or sit down and read or all mm -hmm. any of the things that I used to do to make myself feel better or to express myself. It's Those always seem a little secondary. My first instinct is to go to Twitter or something <laughs> and do a Twitter rant about whatever's on my mind. And then the next day, probably delete that Twitter rant <laughs> and hope no one screenshotted it. It's it's an outlet for an inlet, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you're putting in the media's information, but you're taking out how you feel. So mm -hmm. you're almost replacing yourself with something else. I know when I was a little bit younger and a little less mature, very slightly less mature, mm -hmm. um, I would definitely post things on Twitter that were kind of vague, but also dramatic in the hopes that one of my friends would read it and then text me a, and ask what was going on. Yeah. And that's not the best approach, but sometimes people are in a bad place and that's they really just want somebody to take the initiative and talk to them. And like, Really, if you need someone to talk to, you should go ahead and say, hey, you're my friend. Can I please talk to you about this? But if you are that person's friend, just remember sometimes they are maybe may feeling down about themselves and maybe don't want to bother you, but are also secretly hoping that you are available. <laughs> exactly. So, and sometimes it's it may seem like they're oversharing and and they want help with something, but sometimes that's just how people post. They just like to talk online. I know sometimes I will just kind of post some random thing that popped in my head on Twitter, uh, and I will sometimes really not know why I posted that, but it's just like, I'm bored. Here, I thought of this thing right now. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> it's just one of those things that spontaneity is the, the king of why it's there, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, Instagram, instant. It's instantly... In your portfolio, mm -hmm. it's instantly to share with everybody. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just how social media has really started to envelop uh, society today. Well, people ask me, what do you use Twitter for? I don't understand what it's for. And I have to, I tell them, I don't know. It's not for anything. It's you use it and then you find out what it's for, for you. And a lot of people mm -hmm. do that and they realize it's not for me 
for anything, so they'd stop using it. Exactly. But there's really no way to know how you're going to use Twitter until you try to use Twitter. <laughs> it's only up to each individual. That's you pretty cool. This yeah, is true. Yeah. But please stop posting pictures of... Yourself. No, I'm joking. <laughs> please, please. Okay. Stop then. with the selfies. Please. <laughs> unless you're unless you're attractive. <laughs> the number one most annoying post to me, uh, and this is, again, maybe part of my being an INTP and hatred of passive aggressiveness, is when people post on Facebook or whatever... Uh, something that is obviously specifically about somebody specific and a specific thing they did that they're angry or sad about, and then you're like, what's wrong? And they're like, I don't want to talk about it. What? And then I'm like, Uh... then get off of my feed with this nonsense. Or people... It's so funny. People post things that can really damage relationships because they just kind of post, and then you're like, you know other people can see that, right? And people who probably know both of you and... Mm -hmm. Can destroy you. Yes. It's, It's very much like driving a car. You know, you can decide to drive by the rules, drive by the unwritten rules, or decide to just speed over everything and crash everybody's cars. Yeah, so you you can cut somebody off and be a jerk about it, or you can cut somebody off on accident, but you do that hand wave thing, and then they're like, okay. Sorry, didn't mean that. That's an unwritten rule, but if you don't do the hand wave thing, I'm going to assume you're a jerk, so you got to pick up on these things. I don't know. I take that as like, I don't mean to be rude, but such and such, and they end up saying something rude. Yeah. Rude, not to be exactly. Not to be rude. Not to be racist. Not to be. Like, not to be this. You but know this. you're about to say something racist or rude. <laughs> oh goodness. All right. You want to ask the? Oh, uh, you don't have to ask that question. You can skip that one. Oh. <laughs> that one's already on. I just checked it out. Yes, they're on SoundCloud. In case they're wondering. Oh yeah. So I just went on today. Just, just asked why no SoundCloud, and the reason is because I stopped uploading on SoundCloud. The first three podcasts you can listen to on SoundCloud, but uh, SoundCloud has a very strict uh, limit on how yep. much you can upload. So, so I, I don't post there anymore. And now paying to post on Podbean. So go to Podbean or iTunes. Yes. iTunes. Um, okay. The next question, why are iPhone users... <laughs> So proud of owning the newest model, which essentially is always the equivalent of being the etch-a-sketch of laptops. So no bias Someone in this question. Someone is an Android <laughs> user, obviously. And by the way, I do have the iPhone X. I'm joking. It's the iPhone 6S. Um, it's I not the an latest Android. and greatest. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. But I, I do hate it. <laughs> I do hate it, talk on it. Because it's not the newest or because you don't like it? Because power? it sucks. Oh. It really does. Wow. So I have... The Samsung Galaxy S7. I used to have the Samsung Galaxy S5, mm-hmm. and when the six came out, and my five broke, they're like, "Well, we can upgrade you for free to the six And I was like, "Well, tell me about it." And they described it to me, and I was like, "That sounds awful. I'll just get another five, please." There you go. But then the seven came out, so I feel like I'm choosing my phones based on features that I like. So mm. there is a bit of truth, I think, hidden in that question. Oh, absolutely. That some people, they complain and complain about the new features of their their iPhone, but they still always buy the new iPhone. This is true, yes. <laughs> Whereas, like, every time I go to buy a new phone, 
even though I've had Samsung after Samsung, I still shop around. I still, like last time I was considering getting an iPhone, but it was right around the time when a new one was coming out and I, it was gonna take too long to get here and I it didn't seem any better than my phone. Plus mm-hmm. every time I try to use an iPhone, like somebody needs me to text for them, I hate it. I just, <laughs> you can't customize that thing at nope. all. I like to be able to customize it. I yep. like to design on Macs uh, do everything else on PCs and... Yeah, you can't really personalize an iPhone as in the screensaver. Yeah. And your apps. That's so, pretty much it. And I know there are a lot of people who are like, but the iPhone has a higher processing speed. No, it doesn't. Blah, blah, That's blah, lies. Blah, blah. <laughs> I, for a fact, Android has a lot more features to it. Yeah. iPhone is back a few years. Even the X is back a few years. My phone has a terabyte of memory on See, it. See, that's never going to happen in an iPhone. <laughs> for a, a decent price. Well, okay, it would have cost a lot, but this phone came with a rebate for a, additional memory, and I See, went for it. It's so. a rebate, so it's basically free. Basically <laughs> free. Uh, the first time I ever remembered to turn in a rebate. There you go. Oh, man. So the answer is some people really genuinely, I'm sure, like iPhones. Yep. Um, and prefer that their system, but there is a bit of a cult mentality. <laughs> all right. This, you don't have to what is answer that? this question at all. This is, my uncle asks this question. Okay. So he, and I'm going like to answer this. it. We should read it though. Only yes. because he hassled me about it. Okay. So this is, this question is from Dave Co. That's how he wishes to be identified. Cool, That's his Dave company. Co. Nice to meet you. Don't know you. He, really don't. <laughs> he asks, how can I get NBC to bring back the Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. Oh, you have to do a lot. Now, this <laughs> is not a show I had ever heard of, and I looked it up, and it doesn't seem like it was a show that very many people even liked. <laughs> oh, my god! It was a spinoff of BJ and the Bear, which was a significantly <laughs> more popular show. Interesting. And I don't right. even know that one very well. But... So, seems like a joke question. However, I am going to give you genuine advice. <laughs> all right. Um, first of all, as Redditor Parker1971 put it, it might be kind of hard since Claude Aikens died in 1994, but Grade Evigan is still alive, so a BJ and the Bear revival might not be off the table. Well, there you go. If you prefer that. However, if you are stuck wanting that Sheriff Lobo show, <laughs> here are the steps. As written by Lene Carr. <laughs> One, do research on the show. It's probably been a while since you watched it, so do research. Practice your pitch, one or two sentences that describe the show. Search LinkedIn, IMDb Pro, or the Hollywood Creative Directory for the name of the Director of Acquisition or Director of Development at NBC in the city closest to you. Probably Hollywood. Uh, Contact NBC's legal department. Uh, It's a reboot, so it might not be a problem, but you may have to sign a release form before submitting your idea. Contact the receptionist in the development office to schedule an appointment with the director of development and be persistent. So, Uncle Dave, (laughs) I feel like you are definitely, you definitely have zero intention of doing any of these things, but I hereby challenge you to follow through since I did research and answered this question for you. This just in, Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo has been (laughs) re-released. To the dismay. 
dismay of literally everybody, but this guy would not leave them alone. Oh my goodness. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Dave Coe, for that ridiculous question. If he actually went through with it, it'd be like that McDonald's movie. Uh-huh. Where he, persistence is, well, is he, the key. Here's the thing about my uncle. He's an ESFP. Nice. And so Go, he... Dave. You can do it, man. <laughs> you, you don't need anyone. Just buy yourself. You got this. He may take the challenge. He loves going down to SoCal for any excuse. That sounds like me. <laughs> he loves getting on TV um, and My performing. <laughs> he makes you listen to every story as though it's going to have some g- incredible twist at the end, and then it just turns out like he's telling you about his day. It was a twist to him. It was a twist to him. <laughs> I see the studio hey, audience uh, agrees. <laughs> I need to punch someone back there? <laughs> you like a black eye? <laughs> I'm sure Uncle Dave is going to end up being a host on this show as well. Yes. It's it makes sense. He's wanted to be on the show from the beginning, and my first guest host is an ESFP, so there's a theme here. Yay! All right, so that has probably gone on long enough, so we'll get to the last bit here. Uh, just want to apologize real quick for how late this podcast is. There were just there was just a bunch of crazy stuff going on lately, so mm-hmm. I may or may not, since we had so many volunteers uh, for guest hosts, have one sooner than usual so two podcasts in february maybe no promises um once again this podcast name is mostly rational so if you want to look us up on itunes or podbean uh or soundcloud for a limited run (laughs) then just look for mostly rational or mostly rational podcast and you'll find us we have some awesome supporters on patreon Right now, our top supporter at the moment is Tyler Rogers and his girlfriend, Cassidy, who I'm told also listens to the podcast with him. Thanks, Tyler and Cassidy. But we are making some changes to that. So I just tonight created a new Patreon specifically for the podcast because the one we were using before was initially for my art and then I made it for both and it's confusing. So I made one for the podcast. Now you can search Patreon for Mostly Rational. I don't have the perks up quite yet, but hopefully by the time this podcast goes up, that will be taken care of and then you can make a pledge if you want to keep hearing more of this podcast. And there will be some pretty cool perks available available to and bonus material you can put me as a live performer on one of the perks yeah like jo- josiah will come to your house and play guitar for ten thousand dollars all right i'm holding you to that <laughs> ten thousand going once he will make up all the songs at the last second i will no i really will for ten thousand dollars awesome i'll do it for five for five dollars <laughs> okay 5, i'm selling myself out <laughs> anything well in the last podcast tawny and i did promise to come testify in court for you for twenty dollars that's so, not too bad so i may hold you guys up to that good, good deals over here so we have one final question to close out the podcast Ooh. this question also comes from dave co oh. <laughs> nice this is gonna be good <laughs> who really wins in a taste great less filling argument now I have to find out. Do you know what he's referring to? I have to? no idea. Again, is that an, Oreo an old person question. Is that from an Oreos thing, <laughs> or so? Did you ever see The Lion King two? Um, yeah. Yes, it wasn't a one and a half. 
No, nope. two, right? Two. It was That's two, one. okay. Yeah. It's pretty so good. There's a scene where Timon and Pumbaa are arguing about bugs and whether crunchy or creamy uh, is better. And they sort of like, crunchy, cream, or crunchy, whatever. And then they it devolves and they start saying, taste great, less filling, taste great, less filling. And it's a reference to this old beer commercial where they start arguing about the best feature of this beer, taste great, less filling. So anyway, now that you have context... <laughs> For this thing, I don't know why I know, except that I have dad, a dad and uncle who tell me everything. There's only one way to settle this. We gotta test something. We have to have... We both have a beer in front of us. Did you finish your beer? Um, yes. <laughs> well, you're just gonna have to go off of memory then. So, do you think your the best feature of your beer was that it tasted great or it wasn't very filling? Obviously, it tasted great. I only drink a third of my beer, so it's been less filling for me. So I'm on the less filling side of this argument, and we are going to close out the podcast having the argument. We'll see who wins. Okay. By where it lands. All right. You have to go first. Do I, like, say more words, or do I just say taste great? Just say taste great. Okay. Taste great. Less filling. Taste great. Taste great. Oh, no, I accidentally said taste great. Aha! We won! (laughs) Taste great for the (laughs) win.